0: We all have paradigms and roadblocks that prevent us from excelling, and they can be real or imagined. Welcome to Beyond Bricks, a podcast that will give you the ability to break through those walls. Here's Dr. Nathan Unruh.
1: Welcome, everybody, to another conversation on leadership. I'm excited to be here with a good friend of mine, and as as I was thinking about coming into this conversation, you and I have known each other a long time. I've started as a friendship, moved to a coach, mentor, and business partner. It's been a trip. Yeah, so got a lot of history with you. And so I'm excited to talk with, this is a good friend of mine, Dr. Doug C. Uh, Dr. Doug C has had a wide variety of leadership lessons and skill sets he's learned over the years. So before we get rolling, tell us about you and your journey.
0: boy. Big question, hopefully a simple answer. I don't know if there is one. Uh, Quite honestly, when you asked me to talk to you with you about leadership, I was kind of hit the pause for a minute. Why do you wanna interview me about leadership? I I don't always see myself in that role. Um, When I was a young kid, I didn't like to lose, but I didn't need to win. Mm. And as I look back on that process, for me, as as a group went through college and looked at my process of developing a business, becoming a doctor, doing all those things that I needed to do, I was always at that point, man, what's just enough to get by? How do I navigate that and keep the rest of my life in balance? And I was kind of fretting because I thought I was working really hard in undergrad school and grades weren't that good. It was good enough to get into school? It was thought I was ramping up my training and education and doing a lot more in my uh, professional school training than I ever did in my undergrad work and still was struggling, I was working and helping to pay for school and doing some of those other Mm -hmm. skills at the time. And went in to talk to my advisor and she shared with me, you know, they're gonna put your grades on your diploma. And I went, "Uh, what? (laughs) They're not really gonna do that, are they? She said, they're gonna put your grades, DC, Doctor of Chiropractic on your diploma, and those were my grades. Right, I was good enough to get by. Wasn't that smart? Knew I wasn't that smart. And I think is one of the the lessons in leadership is for me anyway was to understand what your skills are and what they are. Press into your skills. Academics wasn't my skill set, mm-hmm. uh, and my skill set evolved. Knowing I think that I wasn't that smart was one of those things that made me smart, and smarter, and forced me into developing a, a different set of, of leadership. Uh, journey's been wild. Um, I think there's a lot of different things from starting as a, an associate in a very successful practice, realizing early on at that point in time that this wasn't my future, um, going and confiding with my father that I'm leaving this opportunity. He was always an educator, and at that point in time, my income level was about on par with his career path after six months, what he was at, 35 years. And for me to leave that, he thought I was kind of crazy. And then he really thought I was crazy when I ended up not passing my boards in a different state where I was going to go and living in the basement for a little over a year trying to figure out who I was. And this was before living in the basement. Coming back and being a boomerang and living in a basement was popular. It was taboo oh, yeah. 40 years ago to live in my parents' basement. But that's where I was, because that's the only place I hadn't yeah. I Picked myself up, did all the things I needed to do to to figure out what I wanted to do. And I think that clarity of that vision then
1: helps guide that path. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you associate for six months, yes a little bit longer but, and yeah. then you opened your own practice and ran that practice for how many years 28 28 years you've also been involved as a coach in a coaching company yes for how many um, years probably 23, 23 23 years so the lessons along the way of number 1 understanding that you didn't want to be an associate you opened your own practice You've probably had to hire, fire, lead, who knows how many people, how many thousands of doctors you've come across, ones that you've coached and mentored. You've probably got a pretty good viewing point of what are some key attributes of what a great leader looks like. So from your viewing point at this point in time as you reflect of everything you've been through up to this point, what would you consider some key attributes of a great leader? And you already stated one. Awareness,
0: awareness of skill set. Absolutely. I think that even goes beyond that, and what I would define as situational awareness. Where you are is different. And, and wherever you go, there you are, but the situation is different. Not being able to read the room, if you're in a healthcare situation, if you're taking care of a, a very traumatized patient, they're in a great deal of acute pain, and you come in here because you just won the lottery or just whatever and you're acting like a cheerleader and you're not paying attention to the suffering here or if you're feeling down this person's up you got to be able to be aware of your situation and how you connect with people at their level not just always at your level right and I think that's one of the, the, the key components but as you start to, to, to cast out into the, the world and develop your, your skill set I think it's really important not only the awareness the self awareness the situational awareness but also know what it is that you're trying to accomplish. That clarity of the vision. Mm-hmm. What are you really trying to do with your life? And that changes. When I first started, I can remember telling my future mother-in-law to be that, man, if I can only see 25 patients a day, I'll have the rule by the tail, I'll be incredibly mm-hmm. successful. Never would I think that 25 patients in an hour would be doable. Mm-hmm. Right? It's mm-hmm. just a different mindset when you start looking at what it takes. And so having the clarity of vision, being okay to reset the path that mm-hmm. you get to a different uh, a spot or an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Then having the commitment. I think commitment is one of the biggest things that, that changes. When you commit mm-hmm. to something, we have a saying in psycho that when you're committed, providence steps in. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was absolutely true. I was getting married, living in my parents' basement, committed to come to Sioux Falls, looking at property, never could find the spot three months before i came here i was driving down 41st street to go take our skateboards and drove by a spot that at that time was the taco restaurant i said man if i ever come to sioux falls i want a spot just like that No, i was never intentioned to come here but i had to go take my boards fast forward three months later met with a realtor he says never took me into the place i called him at this is when he had to find an ad in the newspaper you know yeah. so i'm really dating myself but uh, met him out there my wife was, my fiance was with me he says i want to show you something else just came open Right. It's across town, drove across town, He pulls into that spot. It was at four months earlier. And I said, he said to me, this just came open. I'd like to just show it to you. And I said, Carl, you don't need to show me anything else. I'm supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. What do we got to do to get the deal done? Mm -hmm. And I never even looked at another property. Carl then became my mentor. Carl was a guy. I was in my early twenties. Carl was in his Mm seventies realtor very connected in the community, mm-hmm. took me under his wing, allowed me to come in mm-hmm. and introduced me to the president of the bank, introduced me to the attorney, came to my wedding mm-hmm. in, in Minnesota, just totally nurturous. He was a big part of my initial success, made all the introductions, got mm-hmm. me more. When I say Providence steps in, it was like being guided by an angel.
1: Okay, so huge nuggets there, and I don't want you to miss them. So I've never heard, anybody describe awareness like you just did awareness of skill set something you've learned as as a leader situational awareness connecting with people understanding your environment true awareness of vision where are you going Mm -hmm. so you just took awareness and gave me three different levels Uh then you came back to the next attribute of commitment to everything around those three, mm-hmm. so if we then look at that, that awareness—we because a lot of times we talk about awareness, self-awareness—but I think, yeah, I gotta get aware of what I'm unaware of, my skill set. I gotta be understand what are the components of situational awareness. Mm-hmm. All critical, and then get committed. So, what other attributes that would that you like to pull apart? Or that that you've pulled apart that you think are critical for great leadership.
0: For me, it was a, head, a mindset shift years ago, and it was that um, principle that coined "name it the wonder name it wonderful" principle. Because when mm-hmm. we look back and we we're exposed to challenges, right? We're exposed to everybody's got bumps in their path. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we stumble, we get back up. When you have the distance of or the, the distance of time from that negative experience, when was the last time something bad happened to you and six months, a year later, it wasn't one of the best blessings you ever had? Yeah. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. True? Yeah, totally So true. when I flunked my boards, I was devastated, Yeah. because the two months before mm-hmm. that, my mm-hmm. other state, I got a 93% on the same component that I flunked the boards yeah. in the state I wanted to go to. So I was devastated. My plans just blew up. Right? Yeah. Back to, oh, was me. Back living yeah. in the parents' basement, mm-hmm. nowhere to go, right? Fast forward a year, I would never yeah. come to Sioux Falls. Would mm-hmm. have never met the people I was supposed to meet. Mm-hmm. So instead of coming at it from the perspective of loss or lack, what's the lesson I need to learn here, mm-hmm. and why do I need to wait 12 months, two years, five years mm-hmm. before I appreciate that lesson? Let me call it the best thing that ever happened to me today, and just change my mindset of how I look at that adversity. How do I embrace mm-hmm. it sooner mm-hmm. rather than later? Yeah. How do I take in? process it quicker, get it through my emotional intelligence, get it back into so I can go, well, this might turn out to be really good.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: How do we How do we do that faster? Right. And I think that's that's a skill set that can be learned, but again, starts with awareness. Looking at it, what bad thing did I ever have happen that didn't yeah. turn out to be a blessing? Mm-hmm. And that ties into me, I think, in my life, faith and trust that something. Some, there's another aspect of this, there's mm-hmm. another plan, not always in charge. Mm-hmm. And I
1: trust that process. Yeah. Mindset. I mean, I can't agree with you more. So, I mean, adversity as not well, is me, I'm the victim, but more adversity is the opportunity. What can I take a step back and learn? And you hear me when I say, I'm not. It's not about being a Pollyanna, going, "Oh, dude, yeah, it's a yeah. great day, it's a great right, day." Right, right, right. No, right. it's not.
0: Sometimes you yeah. have a, oh, a bad yeah. day. Yeah. But yeah. here's the deal. What's the what what is the level of the insult or the breach of the, the, the trauma that you faced? How much time does it deserve to live it yeah. Yeah. to go down yeah. into the weeds? Yep. Somebody pulls out in front of you, traffic. We've all known that guy, Road Rage. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Somebody cut you off in traffic and you're going to run them off the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On what right. on what planet does that make sense? Right. you don't process it, right? Mm-hmm. He may not or she may not even know they cut you off mm-hmm. in the traffic. And you're Mm -hmm. letting them drive your emotional state. And some people stay there for days, weeks,
1: years or a lifetime. eh? Yeah, yeah.
0: Life's too short for that. So I think that's another probably another piece, just looking at identifying and trusting and belief
1: Mm -hmm. part of it. Love it. So great attributes. Okay. So you mentioned Carl Mm -hmm. as one person that was very important in your life. What are other leaders that you helped you, mentored you, or people you read about? Who were they and what did you admire about them?
0: I start with my dad. You met my dad once before yeah. Dad's 92 years old. He's never had a bad day, or at least never, you never know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's now in assisted living. I lost my mom first break of COVID. And he's like, people ask me how come I can be happy. It's like, you guys don't understand, I had her for 65 years. Mm. I don't look at it as the loss. I look at it as the gain that I was able to have that long-standing relationship Mm -hmm. forever. And he's still active. He's still volunteering. He's still doing stuff. He's uh, an amazing human being. Mm -hmm. And the two lessons that I talk about from my dad a lot, one, his first advice, and he's given it to every one of his grandchildren, and all of them have followed it, one of the most important pieces of your success will be the choice of your partner or your mate. Mm-hmm. That drives every other decision, every other action, everything else that you do in your life. So mm-hmm. choosing your mate wisely is one of the most important attributes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always work out like it's, we'd like it to, but it's still one of those most important pieces. And the second one, the eighth wonder of the world before me, my daddy's compound interest. <laughs> if you just save 10% of everything you make, you're going to be a wealthy man. And mm-hmm. that started with a nickel and a diamond and a penny in my allowance when I was 10 years old. That was I it. love it. And so those two pieces of advice from my dad were very very poignant. Um, I also, at early on in my life, wasn't positioned to be in a position of meeting what I would define as people that were players, but I admired a lot of people that I knew at arm's reach. right? Mm-hmm. And I would place them on my board of advisors. I think everybody can have a board of advisors. Yeah. These guys didn't know they were on my board of advisors. Mm-hmm. All very, very successful mm-hmm. people. None of them knew they were on my board, but I always listened when I had an opportunity to be around them. I would hear what they were saying. I would understand things different. I had an opportunity to travel with some of them sometimes. Mm-hmm. And just that ability to put yourself in a situation mm-hmm. where you quiet your ego, you mm-hmm. just shut up and listen, mm-hmm. and you say, does this fit in my life? What can I learn from this? Mm-hmm. The father-daughter trips that we talk about, I was got that idea from one of my, Unknown board of advisors. I said, "What do yeah. you mean?" I take my daughter on a trip every year. I take all my kids on a one-on-one only father-son, father-daughter mm-hmm. trip. They get to plan it. They get to do everything with it. Mm-hmm. I just show up. And I did that with all my kids. It was like, wow, I can do that. It yeah. was a great idea. Right. Right. My right. Da- youngest daughter is 28 years old right now, and about a year ago, she was in uh, Chicago for a bridal shower. Takes a picture of the American Girl store which was when she was nine years old, she wanted to go to Chicago and go to the American Girl store. Mm-hmm. So I sat in the American Girl store having high tea and buying dolls for <laughs> a day, an entire that, day with her, but that's what she wanted to do. So yeah. she got to plan it, she got mm-hmm. to pick the hotel, she got to mm-hmm. do all the stuff at nine years old. And so that was her first trip. So she sends me that picture and goes, dad, remember this? Yeah. How could I ever forget? Right, you know, right. so those are lessons mm-hmm. that you can learn vicariously from, from other people. Mm-hmm. I think today, right now, we're in the leadership vacuum. Personally, Mm -hmm. I don't think we have strong political leaders. I don't think on either side of the party, whatever you are. I think we have a have shifted to an incredible divide, Mm -hmm. and we've lost the purpose of service in politics. So I don't see any strong leaders coming on either side of that. That concerns me because that's the future of our democracy and our country and our freedom. So that Mm -hmm. uh, bothers me a little bit. I would say somebody that I admire would be Elon Musk. Just I don't know him. I've read a little bit about him, but I think he's a very independent thinker. He's not afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not blowing up rockets, you're not yep. going to get to the get to Mars. I just, yeah. There's just something about being okay with that mindset mm-hmm. in to, to to make things
1: happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I think those are great. I, and, and I think listen, listening what you heard Doug say there about. Some of these people, you don't even have to know them, but just by being observant is a key element to becoming a better leader. Listening, quieting the ego, I heard all those statements, all I think are very key attributes of becoming a great leader. You know, he brought up his dad, and if you got to meet his dad, he's an amazing human being. And I'm thankful for his dad because if it probably wasn't for Doug's dad, Doug would have never managed his money the way you would have. <laughs> he would have never wrote the book, The Seven Account System, of which changed my life. So you look at those ripple effect of those little things that we learn and think of how many people you've touched, including myself and my wife, with that lesson. Mm-hmm. So let's transition in. Uh, you know, One of the things that I find with leaders as I've continued to, to interview them and be observant of their activities is they have a routine and some of them don't even know they have a routine, but there seems to be a routine. Do you have any type of routine that you've learned to do over the years that has made you become a better leader?
0: I'm sure I have one, but I don't know what it is. It's not like I go and run three three miles every single morning before I have a cup of coffee. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean I get up at the same time every day. I, to me, I, I have a tendency to be so focused and consistent and always be where I am mm-hmm. that I don't, when I'm home, I don't think about work and when I'm at work, I don't think about home. And when I'm With my wife, I don't think about my kids. And I it just it's try and always be, grow where I'm planted and Mm -hmm. that's probably the closest thing i can think of to a routine that Mm -hmm. if i always it's so natural to me i don't even think about it Mm -hmm. but if i'm with you you know that i'm with you Mm -hmm. when i'm with my patients even if it was for a couple of minutes they knew i was Mm -hmm. with them if i only even said 10 words to them they could Mm -hmm. feel that connection yeah without getting really afraid but i just think Mm -hmm. it's really important that if we're so scattered Mm-hmm. And even today, when you know with the Zoom call, you can tell if somebody's connected to you, yeah, and or not. I I, I will challenge clients. Do you, feel, do you feel like I'm with you right now? Right. You like, oh, go, yeah, I don't know what it is, right? Yeah. But you, it's just one of those things that when you discipline that, and I think it is a skill set. Mm-hmm. If you cognizant of it and you're self aware yeah. that you're not where you are, mm-hmm. what what's your anchor to bring you back? Yeah. What 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 is it that what do you do? What's that flip
1: mm-hmm. that,
0: that brings you back into being right here right now? Yep. Yeah. Because if you're not right here right now, you can't influence right here right now. You can't work over here tomorrow. You gotta work yeah. here today. Right. This is what's important.
1: Yeah.
0: It's where you are.
1: Yep. But so if we can all have a routine of being present, that's a routine.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You're right. Yeah be present because that's powerful so a lot of you uh, that are listening will be asking well I don't consider myself a leader but just how you open this conversation you have always saw yourself that way or you're aspiring to be a better leader so as people are listening what would you tell those people that either are aspiring to better be a leader don't see themselves as a leader or do they start I think
0: it's a great question and I think right now there's, as you probably doing some of these interviews and all the books you've read on leadership, there is no shortage of anecdotal sayings about leadership <laughs> Not the truth. and I think leadership is one of those really important things that it's really in the eyes of the beholder. What is it, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of platitudes out there. and early on thought was a platitude really in my opinion isn't and That platitude is you don't need a title to lead you mm-hmm. can all be leaders what is the definition of a leader a leader is someone that someone else will follow mm-hmm. how do you be a good teammate mm-hmm. how do you be a good friend how do mm-hmm. you help someone else how do you develop mm-hmm. that servant mindset it's the little things open the door for someone.
1: mm-hmm
0: you know ho- helping them we're going to church the and and I were visiting a church and this lady was loading all the supplies in and people were walking by her. Mind if I help you? And just I, we unloaded her car going to church. All these people right. at church were walking by this lady. Right. Where she was unloading the stuff for the, the yeah. bazaar and the and I'm like, well, what's wrong with people? Right. Not only hold yeah. the door, let's help you unload the car. I mean she had the trunk full of stuff for mm-hmm. that's just a natural Mm-hmm. Product of being present and aware of what's going on and mm-hmm. paying attention, not just to self.
1: Yeah. So I like what you said there, though leadership. Somebody's got to follow you. Mm-hmm. And I would ask a deeper question. As you said that, I'm like, would I follow me? <laughs> I yeah. Mean, where How do we we it go? I go <laughs> if I weren't following? And I think yeah. that's a, I mean, as you said, I'm like, <laughs> I mean, that's what's kind of myself. <laughs> reflection awareness question, like, dude, would you, I don't know if I'd follow <laughs> me. Or so refer- I think, you know what, that's a good thing to think about. I mean, leadership is, I mean, I'm, somebody's gotta follow you. Yeah. And when I follow me. So good places to start. I mean, thank you for this. Yeah. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for everything you've meant to me. Uh, take these nuggets, go back and listen to them. I'm sure you've taken lots of notes as you're going through this. Start I mean, just become more self aware, aware of what your skill set is, where were your what are your where are your gaps? Where's that situational awareness that you're not really good at? How are you getting committed to a clear vision? So many great nuggets here. And don't forget this compound interest mm-hmm. When Doug's dad talked about compound interest and picking the right mate, such valuable advice. So thanks again. You bet. You can find more thoughts on how to move beyond bricks at DrNathanUnruh.com.